0: Okay, with Matthew Williams, Ellis, uh, Welcome to My Home is the short film play at the Environmental Film Festival. But What's the Swahili translation to Welcome to My Home?
1: Uh, it's Caribbean Ymbani.
0: Yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to say that. That's why I'm sticking with my English, native English language. What an amazing film. So I'm just going to, people can watch it. It's already on your YouTube channel. It's It's been on for a couple of months. It's a, it's an amazing film. So you've done this before. I'm just so curious about the process because according to the blog interview is that you went to, you went to Kenya and you had a month there and you decided, okay, I got to make a film. And is that sort of, do you do this all the time? Like you go somewhere and then decide the film while you're there or I'm just, cause usually like the process is different where you like, you decide to make a documentary, then you go to the country, not the, not the opposite.
1: I think, um, so I do a lot of work sort of by myself so um, that actually in some ways offers quite a lot of flexibility so I was heading out to Kenya for a month to photograph for a photography exhibition but I knew while I was there I also wanted to make a film Um, I just wasn't entirely sure what the narrative was going to be so it was quite nice having a full month there to sort of develop the idea come up with I sort of the direction that I wanted to take it in um so yeah while I was there I basically I spent a lot of time with the guides as you do and I felt like they had uh, a voice and they're right right on the front line of conservation Mm -hmm. and it's not always a voice that you hear um so I wanted to to hear from them firsthand about why this place is so special and in particular talking to one guy george asono who provided the voiceover for the film he just had this amazing passion and love of wildlife as do most of the guides out there or all of the guides out there and so after talking to him i put the script together and we sort of worked through together to make sure that it was um sort of accurate from the things that he would want to say. Mm. And that was sort of how the project came about basically while I was out there.
0: So it's, it's it, like you said, it's, it's told from the first person of the guide and you kind of, you said that it's not the voice that you usually hear uh, from, you don't usually hear from the guide. So you mean in in like films like this, you kind of, who do you usually hear the voice, what are the voices you usually hear from?
1: Well, there's a, a lot of conservation documentaries based around specific projects or, um, work that is going on with charities let's say and I wanted to offer something slightly different it's more of a, a sort of artistic portrait of the animals that live in the Masai Mara Um. so yeah it was really sort of trying to show it and it's got a very much a message of hope and I just want to sort of inspire people to to care for the yeah. wildlife that's out there and recognize the beauty of it rather than trying to tell one specific story i just want to invoke a an emotional response that makes people connect to the wildlife that is out there
0: well i think you i think you 100 achieved that with this film and your past films as well okay so tell me tell me what happened so you yeah you get a plane ticket you fly to kenya where do you stay like where do you do you stay close to to the area like i'm curious
1: I was working with um, a lodge called Alex Walker's Sarian, which is Mara North Conservancy. And essentially, I I arrived there, I have a month, uh, occasionally teaching some of their guests that were coming through, which is how I sort of managed to uh, be able to stay there for a month. But I had an enormous amount of time where I was able to go out and work on my own stuff as well. So that was really what, what provided the time for being out there. Um, a lot of the shots in the film which you may have noticed were were shot when the light is at its best at the very start or the very end of the day and so often you know having to make the most of those that hour at the start and end of the day means that um the shots then have that beautiful light which i think really helps mm. in an emotion you know it's it's sort of going for those those wonderlusty sort of um juicy B-roll shots that really sort of grab people's attention. So on a day-to-day basis, um, I would head out first thing in the morning before the sun had even risen, often to where I'd perhaps been spending time with the Marsh Pride of Lions or Qualey the Cheetah with her two cubs. Um, and I would go to sort of where they'd been the previous evening and try and find them before before sunrise. Um so, yeah, that was sort of a, how, it, how it went on a day-to-day basis. And you would go
0: by yourself?
1: Yes, yeah, so a lot of the time. Occasionally, I would go out with guides, some of the shots in particular, because I was using uh, a cam to try and get that movement into the shots. Yeah. Um, anything to avoid the shots that sort of felt quite static. And there, there's no way I could drive a car and use a cam at the same time. So I did occasionally use um, use guides and we'd go out for that sort of thing. Um, but a lot of the month I was also um, I was out shooting by myself and that sort of it, it one of the benefits of doing that is that I have complete you know I'm completely focused there's no distractions yeah um, be completely flexible but also I was I was using this sort of for want of a better phrase it was like a tin can car um, and yeah. this little open top Suzuki and I was able to get right down to you know we're talking probably a foot and a bit off the floor yeah if I had another person in the car I couldn't photo Um, I couldn't sort of shoot in both directions and there's just sort of a lot more going on so it was great to have the space in the vehicle to to be as flexible as possible to quickly react you know some some of the shots took a lot of planning and there were areas I scouted out other times it was a matter of driving along and I would see something briefly and just you know have seconds to get everything yeah. ready and shot so I
0: call these like the I call these the tugboat films what I mean by that is that you're like you're alone by yourself and you can maneuver fast on the on the ocean like it's the ocean analogy you can go fast you can maneuver and like you don't have to worry about like usually there's like a huge kind of cruiser ship of like people around and like it's slow moving and there's like pros and cons to both things right when you have the cruise ship you have such backing and you have people helping you and you have like a machine but when you do this it's like you can like you said, like how you say you navigate fast you can go by yourself you don't have to wait for anybody you could just act right away you can and then basically you can get the amazing film that you got so pros and cons to both sides but it seems like you like to work this kind of style
1: um, yeah, I think in particular, because some of the, the when I'm when I'm sort of putting a shot together, the the composition is often extremely important to me. And um, there's only so many times you can ask someone else to move the car, you know, six inches forward or can I can you go back a foot or can you just turn right a little bit before you actually start to feel like you're sort of um, annoying someone, whether, whether or not you actually are. So and, and I would have to do that a lot sort of trying to to line up um the subject with let's say an acacia tree that's off in the background and sometimes it would be a matter of of inches moving forward or back. So just being able to do that with complete flexibility. And if I decided to stay out all day trying to film cheetahs hunting, I was able to just you know take food out with me and that was it. I would just spend the entire day out in the car.
0: That's a okay so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing because people got to watch your film it's like it's so beautifully like I'm sure you've been told this time and time again but it's so beautifully photographed it's like even your other films too where it's a time capsule meaning that like I you're I, I think on your bio it's like it's played where it's like it's like a loop film meaning that it can just it's like an installation it can just play somewhere and then people just can take in your be- the beauty of what you shot so tell me about but then let's talk about the narrative uh so do you mm-hmm. when did you first meet george the 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 guide and the voiceover in the film
1: um i met him quite shortly after i arrived out at alex walker Serian, and we'd had a couple of drives together and i was just yeah taken by his his sort of gentle passion for wildlife and um, yeah after a few conversations with him I sort of realized that what I wanted the the narrative to be was from the perspective of someone who who is their home um, and someone who is on the the front line of conservation um, they they are often you know there's a lot of charities that work out there and human-wildlife conflict that takes place, there might be, for example, a lion that's been speared. Well, who's going to be the person who sees that? It will often be the guide to then relay that information. Um, there's there's other areas within the Mara where guides are specifically passing on, from, in, passing on information about where prides of lions are. So that can be relayed to villagers to try and then reduce uh, human-wildlife conflict where you've got the cattle herders then you know, running into prides of lions. So they really are on the front line, um, from a perspective of actually, you know, information, um, educating others, and, and also in terms of the, the people who visit these areas, when they leave, they have spent most of the time with these guides. So if they are to leave these areas, and leave caring about the wildlife that is there, that's, probably going to have come from the conversations and the passion that they've experienced from the guys they've spent time with.
0: So what did he think of the film when he saw it?
1: Yeah, he really liked it. I, he was um, he was certainly, I think when I first said to him, would you be willing to do the voiceover for this film? And can we, we work on this together? I could sense that he was definitely a little bit nervous. Um, and when it came to doing the voiceover, um he just sort of settled into it after a few takes and and I think hopefully that like, comes across that he was quite relaxed in it but yeah he he really likes the film and just love loved sort of being a part of it I think um uh, yeah he, he, he it must be amazing
0: film. you basically hmm. created his like you created like a like a like in like from a like kind of like from a legacy point of view like this this will can be around forever this film and he can show it to his yeah. friends and family and, and like, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of amazing. He must be blown away.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, I'm going back out to the same area to Alex Walker's area in Mara North in August next year. And I'm really excited to sort of sit down next to him. And I was like, right, let's, let's watch this. And just to, to sort of watch it together. But yeah, I think it's, um, it's, hopefully he's quite proud of it as, as I am. <laughs>
0: So how did you do it? Did you just, like, you were, were you, like, you just
1: did it?
0: How did you, like, how did you do the voiceover? Like, I'm, I'm assuming you were in different countries
1: and... No, so I did this all while I was over there as well. So there was... You had the narrative was... already
0: when you are when you are even though, like, you kind of figured out the story, like, in that month span?
1: So, yeah, during that, so... The, the process basically went, I, I was chatting to him and I was getting a feel for um his thoughts and his the sort of emotions that he has and the connection to the wildlife um while I was over there I took um sort of 24 hours out of going out and driving which was actually quite welcome because I've been doing sunrises every single day but I sat down and sort of put together the thoughts and the um the script as a result of talking to him I showed it to him he then um sort of helped weave in some of the Swahili words and yet we we just sat down in a, a thatched hut and I had my Zoom H1 with me and we we worked through the script together and there were some alterations, some that he suggested, um, some as well that I think when we were going through it, some of it didn't feel as natural as, um, as I would have liked and so like for example, the, the closing statement in the 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 whole film, which I'm not going to try and uh, not going to try and pronounce, but yeah. um, that was him. I said to him, "I would like you to to close out this film. You can say whatever you want." And um, he came out with the, the phrase about um, he feels very strongly that these animals must be protected. Essentially, so that was yeah. his closing statement on the film.
0: Well, that's sort of the theme of the film, right? Like, it's like about like the, the beautiful creatures that you're you're shooting are dying or, or like are. And it's about keeping the keeping these people, these these animals alive. Right. So that's sort of like in its basic sense. That's basically what your what your film's about. Right. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's about that. And it, it, it does come from a place of um, highlighting that there are issues but then trying to share a, a positive message. Cause I think visuals, whether it's photography or filmmaking are incredibly powerful tools in conservation. They are what brings it to the, the general public and to sort of, and can bring issues into awareness. And um, so yeah, trying to do that from a, a positive spin. Um, during the exhibition I had in the summer, one of the the best moments for me was when there was these parents that came came in, they had their, I don't know, probably four-year-old daughter with them. And it was the second time they'd come in and they came in with the booklet from the exhibition and they said, our daughter is completely obsessed by it and she will not stop looking at it. And she was sat on her dad's shoulders and just staring at this image of a lion that was a metre and a half by a metre. Um, so, you know, witnessing how photography in that sense but you know visuals can make people connect and um yeah it's quite important i think in in is it
0: fair to say that that's your life's mission or life's work what you just described
1: yeah i think that that's um you know it's all very well being able to take a nice photo or create something that is visually appealing but to me it's about the the narrative and the story behind it and the purpose behind it that's what that's what's sort a of really in in what I do I want to make something that that has a, a story and a narrative and connects to people yeah makes a difference
0: so okay so the yeah like the like the the, the film is like I said the, the film is amazing and uh I'm so curious about the, the process because according to Film Freeway your production budget was zero but obviously that's not true right because it's your time your energy it's 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 uh so i'm just curious so how does this film like how do you do like i'm like uh how do you do what you do like you have a nice beautiful website you have these beautiful films it doesn't it's not it doesn't it costs a certain amount of money like how are you able to keep going
1: so in my in my sort of day-to-day work I I do I run photography holidays okay I I teach workshops I sell prints I do commissions for travel companies um and and that sort of thing so I have all, all of that work going on um this project essentially did have a budget of zero bar um I mean you know I was I was out there everything was provided for me while I was there because I was offering um I was teaching some of their guests that were coming through while I was there yeah so yes there was a lot of time um a lot of time spent editing doing the the sound effects the music you know the the color grading so there's there's a lot of time that went into it both while I was out there and then when I came back but um the production budget was essentially pretty much um zero for actually um creating it let's say
0: so i'll have a link on your website too like on the podcast because people have to go to your i <laughs> they have to go to your website because it's some, it's some amazing it's some amazing photography so how do you buy a print like you can you go to your website and buy some of your photography prints
1: yeah, so all my photography prints are available on the website. Um, there's the the collection I put together together while I was out there, which is the individuals collection, and it, again, it was that idea of the, the the sort of all the subjects I was photographing were individuals with their own personal stories. Um, they most of the animals in that collection I spent a lot of time with. I saw the Marsh Pride of Lions practically every single day I was out there. So um yeah the individuals collection is a limited edition collection of um prints. Uh, and that they're all available on my website. Yeah.
0: And you've been so you've been on really like you said you've been, obviously you've been to Canada, yeah uh, Kenya, you've been in different places in Africa. Where else have you traveled?
1: Um I've done I've spent a bit of time in South America. Um and uh, across europe and southeast asia so i've I've done quite a quite a lot of travel um for wildlife um costa rica i've been to quite a few times it's an amazing destination for for wildlife photography um but certainly i find myself being more and more drawn to spending more time in africa which i think comes from spending um a few years when i was younger growing up in tanzania um but yeah i've traveled here there and everywhere
0: <laughs> yeah your prints are amazing i actually want to i might want to buy one for my wife for uh for for uh and i'm serious too for, for for christmas for hanukkah whatever <laughs> <That's>
1: amazing <laughs> which, so basically do you, you ship around you ship all around the world i do yeah i can ship them anywhere yeah
0: it's amazing and so yeah so yeah. that's what you do so you teach in you you teach classes do you teach like kids or like adults like what's how do you teach
1: um, I, so I mostly mostly teach um, adults. I run photography holidays to Costa Rica. I'm doing ones to Serengeti and Antarctica in the new year. Um, but I've also done sort of teaching to and talks at schools, photography societies, that sort of thing. Um, so anyone and anyone who would like to learn photography or filmmaking, um, I've taught. So I do a mixture of group group sessions and one to ones.
0: So you're basically your own, your own business person too, right? Like you, you like you're, you're, this is a, this is a full fledged business that you run.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, like with any business, I think, you know, you've got the the areas of it that, um that are where you make your money and there's areas that are the passion projects and, and where you want to sort of maybe devote more time. And so next year when I go back out to Kenya, I I sort of I was thinking recently, I was like, what would I what I really love to do? And this the impact that I feel like I'll be able to make most is working for people like the Kenya Wildlife Trust. So the percentage of um, all my takings from my prints go to the Kenya Wildlife Trust. And I've said to them, when I go back out there in August, I would like to give you some of my time. If there is any way I can help to create a, a film for you um then i would love to so you know there's there's the parts of the business that are the bits that are more lucrative and there's the bits where the um the passion projects have a bit of
0: and this yeah. is a passion project and then you just you put it on you put the film on your youtube channel and you just you get you and you got a nice uh instagram following and you're just looking for links like hits and it helps it's all kind of helps helps in every way i guess right
1: yeah yeah exactly it's all about just sort of um yeah trying to produce a body of work that is Um, is significant and that means something I think yeah
0: and then you do photography expositions in in London I'm assuming
1: Uh, yes so in the in the summer I had a uh, an exhibition of 38 prints um, in London that ran for 11 days Um, yeah so I had had that that going on in the summer and this film I showed as as part of it as well
0: what because did you think a... i was just curious about our this film played our festival we sent the audience to you what did you think about the, the north american audience uh about what their, their reaction to your film
1: oh yeah it was it was it was really great to have that reaction um film it's it's a part that actually often you don't get to hear you know you sort of get a few words here and there um but to. Uh, to see it, to sort of have it all cut together in a film and see people's reactions was great, and and it's also nice to to see that people are picking up on the message and the feeling that I was sort of hoping people would get from the film, which is to be sort of drawn in by the the cinematic visuals with beautiful light, at, but to sort of really understand the message behind it as well.
0: Yeah um uh, yeah i just like i just love your your photography i think it's fantastic so
1: thank you very much
0: <laughs> so uh, what do so you say? where are you off to next you're going back to kenya or
1: um so next trip january i'm going out to the serengeti in tanzania running a photography trip out there and then in march um heading out to antarctica to run a, a trip out there as well and um, so i've got those oh, two antarctica
0: trips. so you've been there before
1: i haven't no this is a this is a bit of a trip. So I'm, Uh, there's a few people coming with me because i i like to sort of um it'll be good to have their feedback on the trip um but this is sort of a recce trip um so yeah i haven't haven't been there before but it's one of those places that i've always wanted to go um so yeah i'm unbelievably excited to to head over that way and capture some images and and clips and
0: yeah you must be how do you even how do you even get there i guess you there's a few ways i guess
1: I'm going from Aishwarya, which is the, the southern tip of South America. Um, yeah,
0: so I've heard of that. A
1: of, yeah, a couple of days across the dreaded Drake's Passage, which is basically one of the roughest seas in the world. So I'm not so I'm not so excited about that bit, if I'm totally honest. Um, but then I talked got- to a
0: filmmaker who did that, who showed their film, Antarctica film, and they did the, that same journey, and they said it was fantastic. Fantastic Good. photography yeah. you can get during that travel, so...
1: Yeah, during the journey, there's there's lots of sea life and stuff as well. Yeah, so, um... so that's
0: what I mean. So I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. I don't think it will be that bad for you. So
1: thank you, I appreciate. I've just this is just I I've never didn't do it
0: myself. This is just uh, a source that I got of someone I interviewed. So he talked yeah. about in the podcast. So
1: it's all part of the adventure as well, isn't it? You know, the harder it is to get somewhere, or the more effort you put into getting somewhere the sweeter it is when you actually arrive to your destination yeah and, and
0: how many people can say they've been to Antarctica right like less than easily less than a million maybe less than 100,000 in the world right so you're mm. you're a unique species that even land there so
1: yeah it should be it should be a really exciting trip should be really well
0: I'm match. sure are you gonna make a movie about it
1: um, I will definitely put something together. Um, I don't think it'll be quite on the scale of this, but I'm I'm still sort of um, trying to decide what I'm going to create as a result of the trip. I've got a few people coming with me, so I've also got to pay attention to making sure they get the right shots. But it's a, um, a World Wildlife Fund um, expedition ship, so they've got researchers and scientists on board who give talks while you're there and are conducting research once. Want- once actually over in antarctica so um i haven't organized it yet but i'm i'm hoping to approach them and say look is there anyone who would like to just provide a, a short short sort of interview about what's going on combine that with some of the footage and that sort of that's where the story element comes through the where where you've got someone who's sort of um, providing the information um, so yeah so i've got a few ideas but i'm not not sure yet exactly what what format it will take
0: Gotcha. Well, you're relatively young and I think that, I don't know if this is something that you thought about, but there's a, there's a, I don't know if you thought about doing a feature or like a TV kind of series, but you definitely have the, the, the storytelling aspect. And of course the photography to do like a larger kind of scale project. I don't know if something you thought about.
1: Um, I, I've, I would love to be involved in a larger scale project. Um, I haven't sort of uh I haven't sort of thought directly about making one happen put it that way but I'm always open to ideas so if anyone is listening and sort of has anything they're working on I would more than be more than happy to sort of talk about that sort of thing I do love the idea of making something that is you know of a larger scale I think it would be amazing
0: well let's talk again when you make your next film and let me know keep in touch hopefully and I I just signed uh subscribed to your uh to your website and uh you'll keep in touch with me that way, but I want to see what you do next.
1: Yeah, amazing. Thank (laughs) you so much. Be sure to let you know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel, Shlemizo, Hansenbemps Incorporated. We're going to do it.